This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Well, this is Betting Weekly Extra Time Serie A edition. More profit for listeners last week. Three out of four picks were successful. Plus, we had a winning parlay. And while we're not in the business of promising Berlusconi-type rewards for good performances, <laughs> we can say you'll get the best research bet from one of the best handicappers around when it comes to Italian football. You're with Dan Roebuck and freelance Italian football journalist Daniele Fisichella. Daniele is providing the picks. I'm just taking the reflected glory. We're over 12 <laughs> points up this season. And it would have been better last week, Daniele, wouldn't it? But for Inter, who had so many opportunities to win the first half, they got the job done in the end. But for our bet, it didn't matter. So then, yes, in the end, uh, Inter only had 13, 14 shots in the first half. <laughs> Cremonese took the lead, surprisingly, then in, Inter equalized. But the pick was Inter to win the first half. In the end, they won the second half, which is what mattered for them. If the game had finished 5-1... Probably nobody would have said anything. It wasn't a vintage Inter, but an Inter that goes into this week, uh, that is the week of the derby of the of La Madonnina, derby di Milano, uh, with the morale very high in contrast to their rivals, their cousins of Milan. Yes, indeed. We're going to preview the Milan derby. It's last stop across all of uh, Daniele's picks. We've got four in a poly. Just one brief word on the transfer window. Anything huge happen? It doesn't seem to be as big in Italy and Spain as it is in England, certainly. Were there any headlines, anything from a betting point of view that maybe should interest bettors? There are no money in Italy. So obviously the market reflected that there are not been major, major coups. Uh, probably the most active team was Torino, who signed Illich from Verona and Gravillon from Ligue 1. A couple of movements for the teams at the bottom of uh, the table. Uh, the Sassuolo sold Traoré to Bournemouth. And in the end, both Skriniar and Zaniolo stayed. So that probably is the headline for Italy, but nothing compared to the Premier League, I'm afraid. Well, we don't mind that so much because it makes it easier to a certain extent to assess squads. Get your thoughts on Zaniolo because we're going to kick off, as you say, four picks and a parlay to discuss. We're going to start off with Roma, who face Empoli. This is 6pm Saturday local, 12pm Eastern. Roma minus 220, Empoli plus 650, the draw plus 360. Over and under, two and a half goals, minus 120 over, minus 114 under What's happening at Roma? We thought that maybe they turn a corner and they were going to be a little more reliable, Daniele, but Jose Mourinho stormed off before half-time as his side were beaten by Cremonese in the Coppa in the quarter-final in midweek. And we've got this really odd story regarding Nicole Zaniolo. 
Well, we need to break it down. First, the game against Cremonese was horrible. Uh, Roma were slow off the mark. They conceded two avoidable goals. In the end, there was a reaction in the second half of a way too late. They looked laggy. They looked confused. They didn't have a game plan. And they lost against Cremonese, who, we have to remember, hasn't won a single game in Serie A so far. Knocked out Napoli and Roma from the Coppa Italia to set up a meeting with Fiorentina. First semi-final of the Coppa Italia for Cremonese since 1987. 99.9% they're going to go down. Roma, um, by the way, at the weekend, I think they did well against Napoli. They deserved the point. They had a very good reaction. But it's been a tormented few days for them with the Zaniolo saga. The player said to Mourinho and to the club that he wanted to leave a few months ago. They couldn't find a buyer. Nobody was interested. In the end, Bournemouth came up and offered 30 million. Zaniolo initially refused it, then in the last minute thought about it and kind of wanted to accept because he understood the door otherwise would have been closed. He waited and waited for Milan to do an offer, but Milan never did an offer. In the end, Zan- uh, Bournemouth bought Traoré from Sassuolo and Zaniolo had to stay. He received death threats, which are uh, despicable. He received uh, um, a lot of sort of messages on social media and outside. And yesterday came up with, uh, with an excuse message, with a letter uh, to the Roma fans and to the Roma family and saying he wants to uh, get back and do the best for the team. Um, the, the, the club maybe at the moment have got other ideas. The truth is that without Zaniolo, Roma are short. They are, a, they, are, they are a short squad. You have to consider also that they haven't had Wijnaldum so far. Spinazzola is going to be out probably for the rest of the season. There are a couple of neglinges there. And yes, Zaniolo, despite not being at his best, you know, it is a player that had two crucial ligament injuries very seriously. It is a team, it is a, it is a player that can still provide some spark. He can still be uh, of help to the team. And if they don't have him, you know, it's going to be really, really difficult for Roma, who in the transfer market only got Llorente um, from, uh, from, uh, from, uh, from Leeds, of course. It's interesting, isn't it? Because as regards the game against Cremonese, it wasn't full strength first choice from the start. And obviously Zaniola didn't play. And players came on at half-time, Tammy Abraham, Chris Smalling, Paolo Dybala and, and Emmanuel Matic. But uh, although there was a bit of reaction, are we suggesting here that maybe Roma's squad hasn't really got that strength in depth to sort of challenge and potentially they are a side that might miss out on top four? I think if you look at the, at the personnel and also the injury they had, the, the way the team was built in the summer with Wijnaldum in the centre of the midfield, obviously they've been missing him. He was on the bench against Cremonese, so that could be a good sign. But, you know, still a, a few weeks away from top form. But yes, I think you're right. They are a bit short. They are a bit short up front. Belotti hasn't proven to be the good replacement for Ibram that, he, that, that, that they thought he'd be. And once Dybala is not there, if he wasn't there, really the light went off and the creativity should have been supplied by Zaniolo. But Zaniolo is a player that after his injuries has changed the way of playing. He has got worse in terms of the timing, decision-making. He's still an intelligent player and a very technical player, but he also lost the strength in his physics to do like those 30, 40 runs. So it is a player that needs to be reconstructed and maybe his role has to be reinvented, but they can only do it if they play him. If they don't play him, he's not used to them. Yes, and I think Roma, it is a bit short, considering also the Castrop is out of the team because he had a fallout with Mourinho. I mentioned the injury of Spinazzola. Yeah, I think they are. They got a couple of positions shorts there. I think. 
Worth opposing this weekend, then Roma are short price favourites, as we've suggested. They take on an Empoli side here. What's the angle? What's the bet for betters when it comes to Roma Empoli, Daniel? The angle is uh, Roma home form has to improve. So been very good. Only scored 10 goals so far this season. And as you mentioned, knocked out of the Coppa Italia. They are unbeaten in three at home, it's true. But the last five always been under 2.5 goals. He's not a team that at home where they should dominate. They tend to score a lot of goals and they tend to put teams away. Whereas Empoli is the surprise of the new year. They are unbeaten in 2023. Another good game against Torino. They show the good and the bad and the good. The good is that they are proactive. They go forward. They score goals. They play on the front foot. The bad is that they are naive. They're young. They're inexperienced. In the end, Torino hit the post twice. They could actually won it. But uh, two wins and five away draws so far this season. So they are hard to beat on their travel as they were last season. Uh, 2-2 against Lazio a few, few days ago in the in the Olimpico, uh, coming back from 2-0. Uh, unbeaten the last three away games, always scored. Of course, they went to San Siro and won deservedly against Inter. They get a few players back that were suspended, especially the left-back Parisi. My angle here is... Empoli Asian handicap plus one, plus 110, which means if Empoli draws, you win. If they win, you win. If Empoli loses by one goal margin, you get your money back. I won't be sure Roma can trash them 2 nil or 3 nil. So for you to lose the stake, Roma needs to win 2 nil, 3 1, 4 1, etc. Like that one, Empoli on the Asian handicap plus one at plus 110. Let's move on to Sunday, early kickoff. Eastern time in the States at 6.30 a.m., 12.30 local. Spezia, Napoli. Spezia, big price, plus 700. Napoli, minus 245. The draw, plus 390. Look, Napoli are going to be short price favourites from almost every game now between now and the end of the season. They're ridiculously short for the Scudetto. Um, How do we squeeze some value out of this game, Daniel? The Napoli win doesn't pay enough for you even to consider it. So you need to combine two two tips. And in this case, you can go Napoli and win and under 3.5 goals. So Napoli to win 2-1, for example, or even 2-0, 3-0, and you win plus 120. By the way, last season, it finished 3-0. It was towards the end of the uh, season and Napoli won at Lo Stadio Pico of Spezia. It's Napoli here because when against Roma you win a game that probably you don't deserve to win, although Napoli had some good spells, and you score two wonder strikes on the top corner, the first one with Osiman, which was the goal of the weekend, probably alongside Mitoma against Liverpool, very similar in the in in the build-up. And also the second one from Simeone, again, top corner, impossible to get for Rui Patricio. It means it's your ear. It is it is a game they should have they should have won. Everyone is fit, everyone is confident. Napoli has been knocked out of the Coppa Italia, so they didn't play uh, midweek. And they, so far, what they've done is incredible. 53 points. They are top four points collected away. Second best away defences, only seven conceded. The last two away wins have been uh, to nil. Four of the last five um, away games have been under 2.5 goals. So normally they tend to score a few goals away, but not conceded. And they play against a Spezia side who... the the big problem for them is that not only they've lost the last two without scoring, but they are without Balanzola, who scored nine goals so far this season, and it's been revitalized by uh, Luca Gotti. But also they're without Ghiasi, who's the other striker who's suspended. Against Bologna, they didn't create much. The only efforts came from out of the box. Bologna had an 
easy easy night against them uh, Spezia we know at home they tend to score I think they score in 7 out of 9 home games so far at home and they managed to score even against top teams but without their, man, their main man they also got a few injuries in uh, Simone Bastoni who plays in midfield I can't see them really uh, laying a glove on Napoli Napoli win and under 3.5 goals plus 120 6 of Napoli's 8 wins in their 10 games away from home, have been under 3.5. So plus 120 of value play and Anzola missing. As Daniele points out, that is a big miss for Spezia. Let's move on to Fiorentina against Bologna. Fiorentina, our favourites here, minus 127. Bologna plus 390. The draw plus 265. Over and under mark is two and a half goals. Plus 110 over, minus 150 under. A lot of noise surrounding Sofian Amrabat on transfer deadline day, Daniele, but he's staying at Fiorentina. He was quick to apologise, but you tend to think that potentially his head might not be in the right place <clears throat> at the moment. It was an odd one, wasn't it? Because when Barcelona come calling, you tend to want to go, but it didn't work out for him. No, it didn't, because the offer for Barcelona was a 3 million plus a 36 million add-on at the end with the right to uh, to pay. There was no obligation to actually pay the, the fee. So Fiorentina were a little bit wary. And also uh, Fiorentina, it is understandable. They are still on course in the Conference League. They play Braga in uh, February. They are still on course to finish within the top seven. And yesterday uh, they won against Torino. So they are in the quarterfinals of the cup competition. So, you know, uh, it is obviously understandable. They don't want to get rid one of the best players, best player that, by the way, last season only started 12 games for them, so really he's come to the <laughs> fore this season, you know, we all talk about how good he was at the World Cup, last season hasn't played much, but this season has been very, very, very good. A good reaction from Fiorentina, uh, by the way, after a, you know, a a draw against Lazio the weekend. I suspected they were going to be fitter than Lazio because, you know, how unfair was for Lazio to play on Sunday evening after they played Milan on a Tuesday night and beat them 4-0, whereas Fiorentina played on Saturday. Who does these things? I'm really surprised Sarri hasn't come out complaining. One well, likes to complain every now and then. I remember once complained they play in the afternoon and it was too much sun. And so they were obviously, <laughs> yeah, or the shade or something. I think there was something with the shade. Okay. Get a, get a grip. Uh, good reaction, by the way, from uh, Fiorentina against Lazio in the second half when they dominated and they actually hit the post at the end with Milenkovic, so they could have won the game at the Olimpico. They deservedly beat Torino in midweek with a goal from Jovic that he could be inconsistent, but there is still a player in there. And I remember one of my futures predictions at the beginning of the season was for him to score over 10.5 goals in the league. Now, he's nowhere near that in the league, but Overall, considering the cup competition, I don't think it's too far away. I think he got seven or eight goals so far, but obviously needs to do more. Um, they conceded the goal, as always, Fiorentina, because Fiorentina seems to switch off anyway. In the end, it was a two-win uh, against uh, two-one win against Torino. They conceded in eight of the last. Uh, 10 home games Fiorentina that's why I'm tipping them both to score here plus 102 in the game against Bologna which is a little bit of a local derby derby dell'Appennino only an hour away between Firenze and Bologna now Bologna in the last 10 games they will be fourth in the table 19 points that's a Champions League form basically since Thiago Motta uh, took over scoring four out of five last away games uh, they do concede a lot of goals 21 goals conceded from home but it's a team that now has got a style of play they are propositive, proactive and they're getting a lot of results even without Marco Arnautovic because they found in Orsolini 
the best player and is having you know a rejuvenation for a player that never really flourished in full. So I think Bologna gonna give Fiorentina a very good game here. Uh, Fiorentina uh, could be unpredictable. They do tend to leak goals even when they seem to in control. Both to score plus one or two. Both teams to score, yes. Plus 102 is the pick for Fiorentina versus Bologna. Big game of the weekend, 8.45 local on Sunday, 2.45 Eastern for US betters. It's the uh, Derby della Madonnina. Inter against Milan. Uh, Inter minus 104. Milan plus 290. Draw plus 267. Over and under two and a half goals. Minus 134 over. Minus 103 under. Biggest game of the weekend across Europe. Um, what's happened to Stefano Pioli's side, uh, Daniele? I mean, thumped by Sassuolo last weekend, 5-2. Uh, nothing has gone right over the last, what, five, six games or so for Milan. Well, Milan fans used to sing last season, Pioli's on fire. Well, now he's under fire almost. He's <laughs> been cooked because yeah, this is the worst spell uh, for him at the helm of Milan. They look tired. They look uh, confused. And some of the players the last season helped Milan to win a great Scudetto. They're underperforming. Calabria, Hernandez, Benasser, Leao. Maybe the ideas of moving to the Premier League confused him a little bit. And they're leaking so many goals. They look so sluggish. Against Sassuolo, you know, they were so open that they couldn't track the runs of, from midfield of Sassuolo. And, you know, the pace of the play, players like Loriente and Berardi just tore them apart. You could tell after 15, 20 seconds, already Sassuolo, I think, had a shot on target and Milan were in disarray. So they conceded 14 goals so far since the restart. And that's the worst defensive record alongside Salernitana. Only five points in the last five. And they were trashed by Inter in the Super Cup, where Inter were able to impose the high rhythm from the beginning, score a couple of goals. Milan couldn't cope with the switch of play or the wingbacks. They all will find themselves with a man short. No one was picking up either Barella or Di Marco when they're running into the box. And Inter won the Super Cup in Riyadh very, very easily. In the last 10 games, Milan only collected 15 points. So that's really a mid-table form. Now, the big question for... Pioli is, will he stick or will he twist? Will he stay with the same formation, 4-2-3-1, considering the bad form, Oleao, and also the fact that the midfield is not protecting the defence? Or will he twist to a 4-3-3, putting Krunic alongside Tonali and Benasser, sacrificing probably Brian Diaz and try to make Inter-Life a little bit harder? We shall see. I think when you see the formation, when you see the lineup, you might understand what sort of games it might be. Yeah, but when it comes from Milan... I can understand why they're not the favourite on this one. Although, in the history of the derbies, especially the derby of Milan, many times the, time, the team that is not favourite actually got the upper hand in the end. So, take everything with a pinch of salt. It's probably the most important game so far of the season for Milan. Because, yes, if they miss on the champ, if they lose this one, they'll find easily themselves a fifth or sixth on the table. It's going to be very difficult then to, to climb up with the Champions League restarting in two weeks' time. Is it going to be a situation for Milan and Pioli? He will go into this game thinking, I cannot lose it. And therefore, they won't really play with any ambition to win it. Do you see them lining up defensively, as you've just mentioned? I think uh, the fear of losing it or the fear to be out of the game very quickly, as it happened in the Super Cup, might be on the back of the Milan's player. Uh, We saw a very 
a Milan that is very sluggish, that tend not to react quickly when they concede the goals against Sassuolo. Uh, yes, they were on the floor. So they think they're going to try and stay the game as much as they can. So probably a cautious uh, approach could be the key here. It's interesting because under is actually a bigger price than over here at minus 103. And if they do set up defensively, and it's one thing setting up defensively, and another actually being able to play defensively. But if they do, and if they keep Kinter out, Inter out, that might be a value play. Um, give us your selection on this one, Daniele, because we are focusing on Inter here, but we're not going mad. I think this is a shrewd one. See, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going really, really cautiously. Minus as an handicap for Inter, so the home side, minus 125 in the first half, which pays minus 103, which means if Inter wins the first half, you win. If they draw the first half, uh, you, you get your half your money back. You lose half your stake. If Milan wins the first half, you have lost your stake. Inter, with you know, despite everything that is going on and the screener saga that is not leaving and obviously is going to leave the club uh, as a free agent in the summer, they had a very good month. In this month, they beat Napoli 1-0, they beat Atalanta 1-0 in the cup competition, and they beat Milan 3-0. So it's a three wins to nil against uh, top teams. They all achieved the fourth Coppa Italia semi-final in four years, and that tells you that Inter players have raised the bar. You know, the Coppa Italia might not be the most glamorous competition but when it comes to the quarterfinals, semifinals, you are playing top teams anyway, because that's the way the draw is made. So by reaching the four, for the four consecutive times, that means they're very good at knockout games. They're very good at one game. And yes, I think uh, uh, Simone Inzaghi records in cup competition and in final of cup competition speaks for itself. He's very good at preparing the single uh, game. Perhaps in the long run, in a season when there are turnovers and changes to be made, that's where he's lacking. But we need to give credit to him because, first of all, the team is following him. He's following his advice. He's very well uh, set up. And secondly, he's also achieving great results without Brozovic, with Lukaku that is being hit and miss, and with three uh, players that are uh, basically free transfers, Acerbi, Mkhitaryan, Darmian, who would have thought, and now they are at the core of Inter. Um, Lukaku, by the way, played in midweek against Atalanta. Inter did a very, very good game against Atalanta, very professional, shut them down, didn't concede any big chances, maybe just one from Mele, but I don't remember any save from Onana. Um, Good signing improvements from Lukaku. Played a little bit better with his back to the wall, but I think Zeko is going to start. Lautaro, still the main man, score two at the weekend. is in double figures again for one more year. 11 goals in the league. But I think, um, look, Inter could win it if they impose the high rhythm from the start. I think at the moment, Inter are fitter, Inter are more confident. They could uh, make a make a great start as they did in the Super Cup, but I'm going to be cautious. Asian handicap, minus 0.25 in the first half. By minus 103. That's the last of the four picks. It's the big game of the weekend, of course, the Milan derby. And we're going to finish with a parlay. We managed to collect with our treble last weekend. A little bit bigger in terms of price this time's around. Uh, Daniele, talk us through your three picks here for the parlay. So the first one is Sassuolo-Atalanta over 2.5 goals, which in itself doesn't pay a lot, minus 177. But I think Atalanta, despite 
being lackluster against Inter in Coppa Italia. They're still in excellent form, unbeaten in the last five. Five of the last six away games have been over 2.5 goals for Atalanta and both to score. The last nine games between Sassuolo and Atalanta have all been both to score and Sassuolo played the best game of the season at San Siro. Uh, they lift, that lift themselves seven points above Verona. Uh, the return of Berardi has been really important. Three goals in the last uh, four. Five out of the last seven home games have been both to score. So I could imagine Sassuolo considering goals, going for it, Atalanta uh, they cannot be as bad as we saw them at San Siro need to bounce back, so for this one I'm going to go over 2.5 goals, Sassuolo, Atalanta uh, Do we think as well, Atalanta have reverted to the team that they were in previous seasons, because at the start of the campaign Daniele, a lot of their games, well, I say a lot of their games, more games than usual were under 2.5, but now they are scoring for fun, apart from the one in midweek. No, no, I think they have I think they have, Gasperini has found the right system, especially as found the two strikers, Hoylund and Lukman, he cannot really leave them out. Actually, he did leave them out in Coppa Italia and Zapata didn't cover themselves <laughs> in glory. But I think, yeah, he's, he's, he's found the right way, he's found the right system. The wing-backs are working much better as well, Hatebore and Mele. So, yeah, I think I think it's, it's, we're back to the, they're back to the old self. Uh, Lukman, incidentally, plus 600 to score, first plus 210 to score at any time. He's on penalties now as well, incidentally. Kupanis was the penalty taker, wasn't he, earlier this season? And was RZ had a great record in Dutch football. Anyway, first leg of the parlay, Sassuolo against Atalanta, over two and a half goals. And we're going for goals in Monza, Sampdoria as well, Daniel. So this is an over two goals. Monza, Sampdoria, over two goals. Pays minus 165, but it's part of the parlay. Monza are unbeaten since the restart of the league, nine points in five playing really well, scoring in all of the last seven. We always knew they had very good players. They need the good system playing with the wingbacks. Churia and Carlos Alberto, at the moment, they're probably some of the best players in uh, Serie A, always scored a home under Palladino, so they needed a manager that knew how to make the most of the very talented midfield, whereas Sampdoria, fifth consecutive game without scoring. They only scored two in the new year against uh, Sassuolo. They are nine points behind Spezia. Worse attack Serie A, second worst defense with 34 goals conceded. And this is a team that are already lost 15 games in Serie A, more than anybody. At least Cremonese managed to get some draws, but Fiorentina, Sampdoria loses even when they don't deserve against Udinese, against Empoli. They shouldn't be in the, in the losing sheet, but I, I think this, in, on the reverse fixture was 3-0 for Monza. I think Monza going to go for it. We know sometimes they overplay, they let themselves a little bit exposed, but what a great win they collected at Torino against Juventus. They deserve to win the first the first half was magnificent the second goal from Danny Motta is a beauty over two goals uh, for Monza Sampdoria obviously if there are only two goals you get your money back but your parlay still stands and that is key and finally for the last leg of the parlay Salernitana versus Juventus uh, more misery <laughs> maybe uh, for Juve here but we've pushed the butt out with the Asian handicap here Daniele Asian handicap for Salernitana plus two which means for you to win this leg of the parlay, Juventus needs to be Salernitana by three goals margin, 3-0, uh, 4-1, which you know is very, very rare for you uh, uh, to do it these days. And by the way, this plus two on the Salernitana Giannica on his own pays minus 420, but you need to put it together with Sassuolo, Atalanta over 2.5 goals, Monda Sampdoria over two goals, and you get plus 213. So that's why the parlay, it's advantageous. Juventus, 
I mean, they had a reaction against Monza in the second half. They should have scored a goal. I think 2-0 was a little bit harsh uh, for them. They conceded four, 11 goals in the last four. That was the meanest defense in Serie A. Everyone was talking of the, you know, the wall of Juventus. Basically, the, the teams didn't take all of the chances. As soon as teams take the chances, you can tell that the back three with Danilo, Bremer and Alexandro, I don't think is fit for uh, purpose. Allegri talked about achieving salvation. That's the real objective for Juventus. They are plus 10 on Verona. So, you know, maybe maybe as a point there. And the, the, the last news is that Pogba is going to be in form in the next two, three months. That's the leg. And another injury for the top paid t- player in Italy. He hasn't played a single minute. Uh, Salernitana, mm, they won. The end is probably to win against uh, Lecce. Conceded seven in the last eight at home. Uh, and they conceded 14 in the last five. I think they might lose this one, but I don't think they're going to get trashed. I cannot see them getting trashed. I think they're going to score maybe at least one goal against Juventus. As I said, if it's a Juventus win, 1-0, you you win. 2-0, you get your money back. And the parlay is plus 2-1-3. Let's just rattle through all of the selections. The parlay, Sassuolo against Atalanta, over two and a half goals. Monza, Samp, over two. And Salernitana versus Juventus. Asian handicap, Salnitana plus two. The parlor is plus two, one, three. Rest of the selections, uh, Roma against Empoli. We like Empoli on the Asian handicap plus one, uh, plus one, ten. Spezia, Napoli, Napoli and under three and a half goals, plus one, twenty. Fiorentina against Bologna, both teams to score plus one or two. And Daniele, just remind us, big game of the weekend, Inter against Milan. It is the Milan derby. What do we like in this one? Inter, Asian handicap, minus 0.25. In the first half, minus 103. That is the selections. Hopefully, we will have another profitable weekend. Daniele, many thanks for your company. Uh, that wraps up uh, Betting Weekly Extra Time, Serie Edition. We're going to be back ahead of week 22. Make sure you're across all of the Bet Rivers podcasts at Because We Win. And don't forget, you can watch all of the Serie A action, of course, on the Bet Rivers app. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.